Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hello, everybody. Today is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. My name is Jeff Tharp. I host the show Elijah Fire. I'm filling in for Steve today. Um, we got a great show. It's going to be a really, really great topic about power and authority which is so important for us as believers to know. Um, But before we get started, we have the Elijah Streams podcast, which is this episode. If you guys favor podcasts, some of you guys don't know about this. I always like to plug it every single time I'm on here. We have an Elijah Streams podcast. So it's an audio only format uh, that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And so that'll upload by tomorrow morning. So every single episode we have on here by the next morning, it shows up on those platforms. So if that is more your forte is listening to podcasts, go ahead, go over there. And if you guys are listening on Spotify, Elijah Streams podcast on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Streams podcast. And then if you guys are listening on the app, rate us fours and fives, pretty please. Um, And then if you guys, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, Apple podcast, Google podcast beyond, make sure to rate us there as well. So um, also, if you guys are watching on Rumble, and I know there's a couple of you out there, if you guys are listening on or watching on Rumble and you guys haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That'll really help us out. Get this out to as many people. And if you really were jamming, you were really jamming with this episode, you can send it to a friend. You can share it. All that good stuff. So um, also, guys, anytime that you donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week and is as accessible as possible. But also we take a portion of every single donation and we funnel it into our water well efforts. Steve has been amazing in in spearheading this thing. Um, And it's just, guys, it's been so amazing to see just how much has been done, how much ground has been covered, how many wells have been dug. We're transforming these communities which have been centered around getting water. They'll, they'll travel miles and miles forwards and backwards to get water from tainted sources, a lot of waterborne illness. Um, and just thinking about how much of your day, if it's devoted to walking miles and miles to get water, um, how much that frees up you to actually build your communities uh, when you have readily available, fresh, clean water. And that's what you guys are doing through donating. So we're going to play a quick, quick well spot and then we're going to get going. We are celebrating. Why? Because thousands of people cannot access clean water. And thousands have given their lives to Jesus because of the clean water was that have been drilled. You are truly saving lives. You have no idea the peace of mind that you have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. Hey, I'm here with Pexon's family. Pexon is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water wells were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. You have impacted so many lives by donating towards the drilling of water wells. But there are still people without access to clean water. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. All right. So our guest today is, you guys know him. You love him. He's a Q decoder. He is a conspiracy slash coincidence analyst. We were talking about this backstage. Um, and he's also the author of 18 books. What? That's, that's a massive volume of revelation packed into those books. So we're going to be discussing his new book, Power and Authority Made Simple. 
Let's give it up for my guest today, Dave Hayes, aka Praying Medic. I almost said I almost said the name of the show as his name. He has become Prophets and Patriots. All right, let's give it up for Dave Hayes, Praying Medic for Prophets and Patriots, episode 73. It's Prophets and Patriots himself. Here he is. <laughs> How are you, Dave? How are you, man? Hey Jeff, uh, thanks, man. I'm uh, I'm doing good. Good to be on the show again. Thanks for yeah, having me back. Absolutely, absolutely. On behalf of Steve, you are so welcome. On behalf of Steve, yes, 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 hey, yes. The guy has to take a day off once in a while. I know he does. Yes, he does. So well deserved. Um, all right, man. We're going to be talking about your new book, Power and Authority Made Simple. Uh, let's just jump right into it. There's the cover right there. Um, I guess we'll talk about this at the end too. But how can people access this book? How can they get this book? Uh, all my books are available on Amazon, uh, both in paperback and Kindle. If you don't like Amazon and Hey, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I have a love hate relationship with Amazon. Yes. My books are also available on Barnes and Noble's website. You can buy them, uh, through Barnes and Noble. The ebook is also available on Apple books on Nook, Kobo on, on most of the major ebook platforms. So those are the easiest places to get them. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to let you jump right into this. You were saying backstage, this is one of your favorite topics, power and authority. I think that it's really important, especially, you know, we were talking backstage about how there's a lot of people that have come onto your platform and onto ours as well over the last couple of years, people that didn't know the Lord before or had gone the wayward path and have since come back. And so it's always important to visit some of these foundational uh, topics, um, things that should be things we should be operating in. We should be exercising the power we've been given from the Lord, the authority we've been given from the Lord. So I'm going to turn it over to you and let you just run with it. And we're going to have a great time. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see. So the, um, I, I like the way you set this up because as we were saying backstage, um, I have had a lot of people started following me mm -hmm. when beginning in 2016, when I started doing politics and, and current events commentary. And then in 2017, Q came along. Right. 2018, I started doing a lot of Q decodes. Um, and my little tiny YouTube uh, and Facebook presence became massive. Um, by July of 2018, my Q videos were getting half a million views each. My... Right. So there you uh, go. the platform blew up. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was interesting because most of the people who were following me as I was doing QD codes knew nothing about my ministry, <laughs> my teaching on emotional healing, physical healing, deliverance, all that stuff. So as that, as time progressed and the, the platform kept going, I started getting emails and messages from people saying, Hey, you know, I'm a former Satanist. I'm a former atheist. Oh, I'm a former this. I'm a former, you know, new ager. And man. I watch your videos and oh my gosh, you know, I just got wrecked. And like, I think God's real. And I, I gave my life to Jesus. And like, you're, you're, I'm watching your other videos where you talk about healing and it's amazing. So it, it it's very interesting how God has been drawing people to your, your platform and mine through politics and, and current events. And then, you know, we get to, you know, teach people about the supernatural kingdom of God, which is just my favorite thing to talk about, like mm -hmm. I said. So talking about power and authority, um, there's a, there's a, gosh, there are so many misunderstandings about the Christian life. And one of the greatest misunderstandings is surrounding the issue of power and authority. Most yeah. people are taught from the time they are a child that if you want something from God, you ask God and he sits up on his cloud and he decides whether you're going to get that or not. Hmm. And if he's in a good mood, he grants your request. If he's in a bad mood, uh, you know, no dice, you don't get it. Yeah. Or you didn't pray this morning or you didn't read your Bible, then no dice. Right. Yeah. right. So that's, um, and, and a lot of people have been taught that in, with respect to healing, and, and that's where this conversation is going. There, um, the subject of authority is very, very broad. It covers a lot of different uh, domains, I would say. But we're going to start out talking about um, healing, the context of healing, and then we'll go segue into other um, subjects. Mm. So 
With respect to healing, many people think they've been trained by their parents, by their pastors to think, if I want to be healed of some illness, I need to ask God and he's going to decide whether he's going to heal me or not. That's not actually the biblical model. Right. I call that Christian fatalism. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus taught his disciples a different model. And let's start out in, uh, let's start in Luke chapter nine, but I'm going to just going to give a little bit of background in the early, let's see, Matthew and Luke are, are, are my favorite two gospels to look at when it comes to healing. You just read through like Luke chapter six, seven, eight, and nine, read through Matthew chapter six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. You'll see Jesus going through the cities, working miracles, casting out demons, healing the sick, the multitudes. And he did it in many different ways. Then after he demonstrated healing and deliverance, Luke chapter 9, I've got my little outline here. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. All right. So parallel passages in Matthew chapter 10, where it says, Jesus called the 12 disciples, gave them power and authority, told them to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers and proclaim the kingdom. Those are the things that Jesus commissioned his disciples to do. And what happened was he gave them power to work miracles and authority over demons, all right? His disciples have, they had then, and we have now, power and authority. Power works miracles, authority over demons, and we can uh, cure diseases. Now, when I say we can, I'm not saying that it's all about us. I'm saying God gives us authority. He grants us authority. He gives us power. And we are his representatives. That's what the word authority means. Hmm. When you talk about authority, right, in in the context of, let's say, business, if I'm the CEO of, of a company and I have employees below me, if I have a manager who works below me and the manager has people who work below them, I delegate authority to the manager to do certain things. The manager delegates authority to people below him to do certain things. Authority is permission delegated by someone in a position of authority. It's given to someone else, and that someone else gets to exercise authority on behalf of the person who gave them the authority. That's how it works. In the secular world, in the, in the kingdom, it's very similar. God has given us authority. God does not want to manage his own affairs here on earth or our affairs. He wants us to exercise authority. So how does that work? All right. Uh, Jesus, after he gave his disciples power and authority, they went out into the villages and they worked miracles and they healed the sick and they cast out demons. And they came back and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In your name. Hmm. What does in your name mean? In your Hmm. name means because the authority you gave us, we are your representatives, Mm -hmm. okay? When we cast out demons in your name, in the authority you gave us, it works. The demons flee. They they leave people. And a lot of people uh, notice when they listen to my prayer videos on Rumble, they'll say sometimes, I don't notice you don't pray in Jesus' name. What's up with that? Why don't you put that? in Jesus' name thing. And I asked them, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? And they said, well, you just have to say at the end of your prayer, you have to say in Jesus' name. That's how it works. <laughs> if you don't say in Jesus' name, then it doesn't work. Well, that's that's not true. In the first century, when a Roman soldier would come to someone's house, if they needed food, if they needed lodging, they would knock on the door and come in and say, I come in the name of Caesar. And that Roman citizen would have to give the soldier food and lodging as long as they needed to stay there because they were a citizen of Rome and that's what Mm -hmm. they were required to do. The soldier came in the name of Caesar. What does that mean? In the authority. 
the soldiers came in the authority that was given to them by Caesar. In the same way, we disciples, we work miracles, cast out demons in the name of Jesus or in the authority of Jesus. That's what that phrase in Jesus name means. It means we're doing it by the authority he has vested in us. That's what it means. So when I, when I pray for people, I don't have to say every time, in Jesus' name, I command that demon to leave. I mean, a lot of people do that, but you don't have to. I just command demons to leave. Get out. You're evicted. Hit the road, Jack. Mm. And, and it's not like I have to say, in Jesus' name, like the, the little magic words I have to tack on the end of that. Yeah. And so, well, and it's also like something else I was thinking of just as another, uh, I guess, example of what you're talking about is like a police officer with a badge, right? They don't say... Right. By order of the state of Oregon, I command thee. Correct. Blah, blah, blah. We I have know, a badge. We see I have car. a gun. <laughs> yeah. When we see the badge, when we see the car, when we see the gun, when we see the, right. like, we know right. that they are the authority uh, to, to carry out and, and make sure that laws are being upheld within the state of Oregon. Yeah. Right. When, when, a, when a criminal uh, sees a cop coming and he's in the process of committing a burglary, he... Like you said, the cop doesn't have to say in the authority of yeah. the city that I work for, right? I, you know, I arrest you. They don't have to say that. They don't have to announce their authority. They just go and arrest the person and they take him into custody. Um, the the criminals recognize the authority, right, of the cop. They recognize the uniform. They see the gun. They see the badge. They recognize, oh, this is a person of authority. <laughs> if I resist arrest. I'm going to get my head kicked in and, and end up with, you know, resisting arrest charges. Right. And we don't want that. Same thing yeah. with taxation. So, um, you know, in, in first century Rome, uh, tax collectors would go out, they would collect taxes for Caesar on behalf of Caesar. If a tax collector comes to you and says, hey, you need to pay me the tax that you owe, the person would say, well, okay, you come in the name of Caesar. You're a tax collector. I guess I have to pay my tax. We have to do the same thing. When you fill out your tax form at the end of the year, you have to do it because, because the IRS is a authorized agent representative of mm -hmm. the government. So we recognize authority. We, and, and evil spirits recognize our authority too. When I am confronting someone who's got an evil spirit, I, I am... I am counting on the fact that that evil spirit knows who I am. They know that I have authority. And when I command them to go, they're going to go. Uh, and, and that's how it works. It's they recognize your authority and they leave because they realize you're the cops. Oh, hey, the cops are here. We better, we better go find mm -hmm. someone else who's not, you know, being uh, so close to the cops. Right. So that's kind of the, the issue with authority. Now, um, all right. So authority is is generally speaking it is in the context of healing authority and healing and deliverance put those two together um, it is our ability to command something to leave that shouldn't be there basically so when you're doing deliverance you're commanding an evil spirit to leave a person that should not be there mm -hmm. right you're commanding it to go when you're confronting somebody's tumor, right? Someone has a tumor, brain tumor, yeah, a tumor somewhere. That tumor is not supposed to be there. So using your authority, just like you would cast a demon out, command it to leave, you can command tumors to leave, right? Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, and it will be moved for you, and nothing will be impossible. If you believe, if you have faith, so we exercise authority in faith. And if someone has a fever, they have a bacterial infection, or they have a viral infection, or they have a yeast infection, or they have fungal infection, if they have some infection, that's a, um, that is a microbe that's not supposed to be there, right. you can command it to leave. When Jesus uh, healed Peter's mother, she had a fever. And Jesus rebuked the fever and it left, right? It was something that was not supposed to be there. He exercised authority. Now, let's shift gears a little bit here. So <clears throat> the Roman centurion, and this is in, I think this is in uh, Matthew 8. 
I could be wrong. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. But the Roman centurion came to Jesus and said, my servant is sick. He needs to be healed. And Jesus said, well, take him to me. And the centurion said, no, no, I don't have to take you to my servant. You're a man who, under, who is, has authority. I'm a man under authority. I know how authority works. All you have to do is say a word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith even in all of Israel. Go home. Your servant has been healed. So the Roman centurion understood. He said, look, if I, I tell these men to go here, they go because I have authority. Mm -hmm. I tell them to come over here. They follow my orders because I have authority. He goes, I understand how authority works. That's how authority works. Authority is permission to command things or people to go here, go there. So in the context of healing, like I said, if someone has uh, a, an infection, a tumor that's not supposed to be there, we exercise authority in faith, believing that it's going to happen. We command it to go. And that's how you make tumors go. That's how you make fevers, infections, and things of that nature, eczema, same thing. <clears throat> any skin condition, any condition that a person is not supposed to have, we can exercise authority, we can make it go. Now, authority can also be used to heal um, things that are, that are broken. So let's say someone has a broken femur. All right, there's two ways to heal a broken bone. And one way is to release power. I'll talk about that in a minute. Another way is exercising authority. Many times when I'm praying for someone, I'll close my eyes and in a vision, like the Lord kind of gives me x-ray vision. Wow, yeah. I'll close my eyes and I'll see inside their body, I'll see the broken bone. I'll see the two broken bone ends and I'll start commanding those broken bone ends to line up and to be healed. And they'll start like this and I'll keep commanding them to be healed and commanding them to be healed and commanding them to be healed. And when I, in my mind, in the vision, when I see the bone ends touching like they're supposed to be, I'll stop praying. That's another way you can use authority. You can command broken parts of the body to be healed. Now, that, those are just examples of how authority works. Let's talk about power. Because Jesus gave his disciples authority and power. So power, what is, what is power? Power is energy. The Greek word, New Testament word for power is dunamis. It's a root word uh, for dynamite. And dynamite is kind of suggestive of energy. Mm -hmm. uh, what happens when you ignite a stick of dynamite? It releases. Kaboom. Energy. It releases energy. Yeah. It releases heat and light. And that's all. That's a release of energy. The power that God gave us is energy. Now, what kind of energy are we talking about? All right, let's go. It's important. To, yeah. <laughs> let's go to Luke chapter 24, verse 19. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven after the resurrection, he said, Behold, I send my, the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Mm. Endued with power from on high? What the heck is that? Well, on the day of Pentecost, that they were in the upper room. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came down upon the believers in the upper room and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire on their head. They spoke in tongues. That's the power of God that Jesus was speaking of. You'll be endued with power from on high. When we are born again by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, takes up residence inside of us. We have the power of God living in us. The same power that created the universe lives in us. We need to let it out. <laughs> All right. When Jesus was going on the Sea of Galilee, he came to a village. And he stepped out of the boat and the villagers recognized him. They're like, oh, the Lord's here. Oh, he's the one that does all the miracles. Hey, everybody, go get your sick people and bring them over and he'll get, they're going to get healed. Mm -hmm. And it says that as many as touched him, power was released from his body and healed them. All right. When the woman had the flow of blood for 18 years, 
she was uh, that Jesus was on his way to the house of Jairus, and uh, Jairus's daughter was sick, and this woman was in the crowd. She crept up behind Jesus and said. I believe if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And she grabbed the hem of his garment and says, power went out of Jesus into her and healed her. And he turned to the disciples and said, who touched me? And Peter was like, what do you mean, Lord? The crowd is touching Everybody's you. touching you. What do you yeah. mean? Who touched you? Everyone's touching you. And he said, no, I felt power go out of me. Mm -hmm. Who touched me? And this woman came to him and said, it was me. I confess. I touched you and I got healed. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> power left his body. And that's the, that's the issue with power. Energy, the energy, the power of God that lives in us, we release it into other people for healing. When I pray for people to be healed, uh, very often I'll put my hand on their shoulder, on their neck, on their back, wherever they need healing, and people will feel heat or tingling in their body as I'm touching them, or I can sometimes just put my hand like an inch or two away and they'll feel the heat coming out of wow. my hand. Yeah, I felt that. I before. never feel anything. Uh, but I do know people, my wife has, has had this happen. And some of my other friends have had this happen where they went to pray for something and they felt like a, they said, what, like a bolt of electricity going down their neck, down their arm, <laughs> up their wow. hand, and it just choo, flew yeah. out there. Actually, one of my admins, Heather, she was praying over a bird last night that got uh, wounded. And she said, I went to pray for that bird. And this energy came <laughs> down my head, out my arm and flew into this bird. And the bird got up and flew up, started flying around. So some people will sense the power of God flowing through them. Some people get warm hands. They feel energy going through them. I don't. I have never felt. Energy. Wow. I think that's an important detail though, Dave, because people equate, oh, we work ideals in our head and we go, okay, well, if I'm praying, I don't feel anything. Something's wrong with me. What you're saying is you've never felt that. Never. I've never felt wow. it. Wow. See, that's good. Isn't I, that encouraging people? <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you, I was in Australia in 2012 and I was doing, uh, I was there for a week and I was teaching people uh, to do healing and, and miracles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We were doing a teaching session and I told the, the, the group, there was like, I don't know, 14 or 15 of us. I said, everyone here, I, I'm sure you all have something that you want to be healed of. And everybody raised their hand and everyone needed to be healed of something. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to pray for one of you. And then that person is going to pray for the next person in line. And we're all standing in a circle. And that person is going to pray for the next person and the next person and the next person. So when it came to my friend who was hosting us, Peter Coco. He um, he had to pray for this kid who had some kind of serious illness. And Coco looked at me. He goes, when it was his turn, he looks at me and goes, okay, well, I'll pray, but nothing's going to happen. He put his hand out to pray for this young man. And he said, I felt like lightning going through my head, Whoa. down my arm, out my arm, boom, into this kid. And he immediately said, I know this kid's going to get healed. What the heck was that? And he prayed and the kid got healed. Dude. So even sometimes if you have unbelief, God will work through you anyway. Hmm. Uh, but like I said, I have never felt energy leaving my body. I never feel the lightning. I never feel the heat. I, never, I don't ever feel anything. But when I pray for people, they feel it. No, not all the time. I would say when I pray for people to be healed, if I'm you know touching them or in personal space, Probably 30% of the time, someone will say, I feel tingling, I feel heat, you know, I feel something going on in my knee, in my shoulder, whatever. Um, that's a good indicator that you are releasing power. When you're praying for someone, as you have your hand on them or near them, mm -hmm. just believe that they're going to be healed because faith is what activates power and authority. Faith, mm -hmm. I, I think of it as sort of like a valve. Mm -hmm. All right. The, we have the power of God in us. We're a reservoir, like a big water tower full, full of water, full of the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you get that water out? How do you get the power out? You open the valve. And you, the valve for, to release power is faith. We have faith. We just believe. 
that God is going to heal this person. And the power, when we our faith is activated, boom, it opens up that valve and the power of God flows out of us. Now, what is faith? That's the next question. So there's a lot of misunderstandings about what faith is for the miraculous. I'm going to break it down for you. Okay. First, I'm going to explain what faith is not, because there's just so many misunderstandings. So I, I often get emails and comments on social media from people who say, well, you know, I have faith for healing, but I never see people healed. Uh, okay. like, well, guess yeah. what? You don't have faith for healing. You have faith for something, but it's not faith for healing. And they say, no, no, I believe God heals people. I know he does. Like, that's not faith for healing. I'm going to say that one more time. <laughs> they, people tell me, no, I believe that God heals the sick. I've seen it. I know he's, he does. I, I believe that. That's not faith for the miraculous. Wow. Okay. Faith for the miraculous is not believing that God wants to heal people. And people say, well, what are, you, what are you talking about? I don't understand that. I thought we just need to believe that God wants to heal people. It's not really how it works. So I'm going to go through and explain <clears throat> exactly what faith is for healing. I know a lot of people who believe that God wants to heal people. <clears throat> and when they pray for people, they're not healed. So that is evidence that there's some other kind of faith out there that that works miracles, and that's not it. Now, what I've learned is over, you know, praying for tens of thousands of people over the last 14 years, right? Is that faith for healing is specific. It is, it is, and and I prefer to use the term confidence instead of faith. I'll explain why. So uh, there's this idea about faith that we just need to believe that this person is going to be healed and maybe hope that if we pray for them, it's going to work. Now we enter the word hope. Okay. Faith and hope are not the same things. They're not even close. Faith for miracles is not hope. Hope actually implies a degree of uncertainty. If you hope that something's going to happen, you have a, you have a hope. You think, well, right. maybe it'll happen, but maybe it won't. Mm -hmm. And that maybe it won't is is implied in the word hope. There is uncertainty. Faith for the miraculous has no uncertainty at all. Hmm. It is absolute, hardcore confidence that that person is going to be healed. All right, it's not hope. Now, here's what I learned. So I would pray for people to be healed. Uh, and if you're if you're a beginner, just follow, take my advice. Don't start out with people who have Lou Gehrig's disease and brain tumors and multiple sclerosis and liver cancer. Start out with people who have neck pain, uh, sprained wrist, sprained ligaments, headache, knee, shoulder injury, those are yeah. much easier to heal than, than the other issues. And th there's a reason for that. And if we have enough time, I'll, I'll get into it. Okay. But yeah. if you're a beginner, don't start out with people who have very serious injuries. You, you can pray for them, but you're probably not going to see them healed. And here's why. When I started out praying for people, <clears throat> uh, I prayed for 500 people on the ambulance and in nursing homes and hospitals. Over the course of about nine months, I didn't see anyone healed, not one. So if you are the person who's out there praying for someone and they're not being healed, don't give up. Uh, just keep going. But here's, here's some tips I can give you. Uh, at, when I started praying for people who had joint injuries, so uh, or carpal tunnel in the wrist, um, shoulder injuries, torn rotator cuffs, neck pain, uh, knee pain, ankle pain, things of like that, joint injuries, Joint injuries are the easiest things to heal by far. And what I what I noticed was I, I was praying for a lot of people and no one was getting healed. And then one day I got someone healed of a headache, uh, migraines, actually. And then I prayed for someone a few days later and that person got healed. That was scoliosis and a, and a uh, bad meniscus in the knee. 
And then I started praying for more people. And one day I prayed for like three people in a row who all had carpal tunnel syndrome in their wrists and they all got healed. Man. And guess what happened next? I prayed for another person with carpal tunnel. And I went to that person and said, you know what? You should let me pray for you. Because if you do, you're going to get healed. I got a track record now. I The last three people I prayed uh -huh. for got healed of carpal tunnel. So I prayed for them and they got healed. And I prayed for six more people with carpal tunnel and they all got healed. So pattern recognition. I started to recognize, okay, wait a minute. I'm getting really good at carpal tunnel. Like I still can't get people healed of cancer, but at least I'm seeing one thing healed. I consistently saw people healed of carpal tunnel. And I, would, I was going to Walmart all the time. And I guarantee you, if you go into a Walmart, 30% of the people that work there, you'll see they have wrist immobilizers on because all of them have uh, repetitive motion injuries. Oh, wow, yeah. And they all, most of them have carpal tunnel. <laughs> I swear to God. Wow. So, I'll so have to look looking, next time. If you're looking for people to pray for, go to Walmart. And if you see someone who has a wrist immobilizer, walk up to them and say, hey, can I get you healed? And then uh, in, my, in my wanderings to and from nursing homes, hospitals, grocery stores, Home Depot, different places, I started to see a lot of people with shoulder injuries. They're wearing shoulder, shoulder sling, sling on their arm, shoulder, mm -hmm. you know, immobilizer and stuff. And I started praying for people with shoulder injuries. And I got one person healed. And then I saw a second person healed. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Man, I'm, I'm on a roll. I got two people healed of, mm -hmm. you know, ro torn rotator cuff. Pretty soon I had seen 12 people in a row all healed of shoulder injuries. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. I'm making some headway. I'm finally seeing people heal. And what I realized was I had great faith or confidence for shoulder injuries and carpal tunnel. I knew I was confident if you had a shoulder injury or carpal tunnel and I prayed for you, You're you were healed. going to get healed. Yeah. That is faith or healing. It is confidence knowing if I get my hands on you, and you let me pray for you, you're going to get healed. Wow. That is faith for healing. <clears throat> faith for healing is specific to the person you're praying for and the condition that needs to be healed. I still had no faith for cancer because I hadn't seen anybody healed of cancer yet. Hmm. I would pray for people to be healed of cancer, but I didn't have any confidence for it. So you would say I that it was counts. like at that point, it was like you, you, it was more a hope more than faith because you were like I still had some doubt i was like you know yeah. i've never seen cancer healed yet okay and okay i'll pray for you but i don't just don't think it's going to happen and it yeah. kind of wouldn't happen <laughs> yeah. until one day i saw two people heal of cancer within 24 hours one wow. woman one woman had a brain tumor and the other one had a thyroid tumor and they were both going into the uh, one was got the thyroid tumor woman she was going in to have a biopsy and the other woman was going in to have uh, the tumor removed, brain tumor removed. And I, I prayed for both of them. And in 24 hours, both of them got healed. Of the, the tumors disappeared. When they went in to do the biopsy on the woman with thyroid tumor, they couldn't find the tumor. When they went Come in on. to do the brain tumor resection, the tumor was gone. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. Right? <laughs> so at that point, I was like, okay, now I'm getting some making some progress on yeah. cancer. My confidence for cancer started to improve. And nowadays I have pretty, pretty decent success praying for people with cancer. And I have good confidence for that. So here's, here's the takeaway from all this. Um, faith for the miraculous is not just a general belief. Oh, I believe that God heals people. That's not what faith for the miraculous is. Faith for the miraculous is a specific confidence, a knowing. It's a knowing. You just know when you're knower. I know. If I pray for you, you're going to get healed. That is confidence. That's faith for the miraculous. And that takes time to develop that. You have to develop a track history. Uh, occasionally, newbies will go out and pray for somebody and boom, they'll get healed. Yeah. But, that. but that's, that's, that's the exception, not the rule. If that person keeps on praying as a newbie, they're, they're going to eventually see a lot of people not healed. And then they're going to have to, you know, dig in and um, keep going because, yeah, you, you know, know it, it just, it takes, it takes time and it takes a little bit of right. seeing 
So seeing is, you know, they say seeing is believing when it comes to, uh, you know, the miraculous, that's actually true. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. When you see the power of God at work and you see people healed, that builds your faith. Oh, absolutely. Confidence for healing. If you've, you know, if you've never commanded a, a storm to cease and you've never seen a storm cease, you're going to have no confidence for that. But that's the next thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and uh, so is this kind of like, there's like kind of the old adage that says like faith is a muscle um, and, and, and yep. you know, you start out small and that's kind of what you're describing, right? You, you yeah. start small with like shoulder headache, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, if you're like, if Dave wants to get buff, right? He's not going to go right to the fifties and start curling fifties. That's going to result in maybe some injury. He's going to start lighter and work his way up. That's kind of the same, same thing, it, right? It is. Faith has to grow. A lot of people don't understand the, the mustard seed analogy that Jesus used when he said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, mm -hmm. you will say to this mountain, be move, move and it'll be moved. And they say, well, I have faith that's small like a mustard seed. I got this little tiny faith. That's not what Jesus was talking about. If you go into the, the kingdom parables and read the parable of the mustard seed, it says Jesus told a parable, parable of the mustard seed. He said, even though the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds, it grew into a massive tree so large that the birds of the air came to nest in it. What's the key to faith? Mustard grew, seed faith. Whoa. It has to grow. Yeah. You have to water it. You have to it's right there, it. Dave. It has I've been to read that parable forever. Yeah. <laughs> faith, mustard seed faith has to grow, and it grows by going out there and exercising yeah. and yeah. doing some curls and doing some reps, yeah. going there, working out that faith muscle. That's what it is. So let's talk about applications of authority in realms outside of healing and deliverance. Okay. Um, I live in the Phoenix area. And we have a thing here called the monsoons. Uh, we don't get a lot of rain throughout the year. Actually, we get about 10 inches of rain a year in Phoenix. And it comes, almost all of it, in the summer and the winter monsoons. And we're just getting into the monsoon season here uh, in Phoenix. So the summer monsoons are kind of fun because it gets up to like, you know, 100 million degrees. And then all of a sudden, a dust storm blows up uh, <laughs> in the desert. And you get caked with dust, and then it, you get torrential rains and flooding. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you're from California and you voted for, you know, Gavin Newsom, you don't ever want to come and live in Phoenix, just saying that. <laughs> it's horrible. Weather's terrible. Don't go, go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so when the monsoons come, we get these crazy dust storms and, and <laughs> thunderstorms, and they make a mess of everything. Uh, and I get... It, that stuff has been getting on my nerves for the last few years. So I started doing what Jesus did. Jesus said, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you will also do. And greater works than these will you do because I go to my Father in heaven. Right? Jesus wanted us to do greater works mm -hmm. than he did. Right? Well, you don't have to start out with the doing works greater than Jesus, but you can start out at least doing the same things he did. And on the Sea of Galilee, when the storm came up, he spoke to the storm and calmed the, the seas, told that storm, hey, knock it off, stop it. So my wife and I have been practicing over the last couple of years. When these storms come in, they want to destroy our trees and you know rip everything apart. We speak to the storms and say, look, here's what you're allowed to do. We'll take a little bit of rain because, well, it's a desert and we don't want to have a drought. But as far as the you know, 80 mile an hour winds are going to rip all the trees down. No, you're not doing that. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to. We're not going to allow that. And you're not going to throw three inches of dirt in our backyard either. So we're not going to do that. Uh, we have been speaking to the storms, and you can watch them on radar, and they'll come right up to our house. You can see it on the radar, and then it'll split and awesome. go around our house. Yeah. Just dissipate before it gets to our, our our town. We have been exercising authority. The authority that Jesus gave us isn't just for healing and deliverance. We can speak to storms and we can command them to settle down and not destroy property and not cause 
I generally limit my my exercise of authority in storms to no loss of property, no loss of life. Okay. You know, we'll take the rain. That's fine. We just don't want people getting killed and, you know, in floods and things like that. So that's an area of authority that a lot of people don't think about, but it's perfectly biblical. Jesus demonstrated it and we have the same authority. I know a lot of people who do this. It's, it's becoming more common. Here's another area of authority to think about. Uh, food multiplication. Okay. When the multitudes were following Jesus and it got late in the day, the disciples said, Lord, there's all these people here. They have nothing to eat. Maybe you should send them home so they can go before they get hungry. Like, you know, tell them to sh shoe and go get something to eat. Yeah. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. <laughs> oh, what? Well, what? Yeah. And they were like, uh, what? What do you mean? Us? How does that work? I said, well, well, what? how much food do you have? And so they went around and some kid had, right, two fish, five loaves of bread. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, okay, that'll work. We'll just start there. Jesus took the, the, the fish and the bread. He blessed them, handed them back to the disciples and said, okay, now hand those out. Notice that before the disciples got the fish and bread back, they had not yet multiplied. He didn't give them back 2,000 loaves of bread and 6,000 fish. Mm -hmm. He gave them back the same amount of food that they had. And as the disciples handed out the food and multiplied in their hands, they actually worked the miracle themselves. Hmm. Jesus blessed the food and gave it to them. And their faith made the food multiply. If, if they had not, they, they had to have some kind of a confidence to take five loaves of bread and two fish and hand them out to 4,000 people. Yeah. I know that sounds <laughs> crazy, guys, but just. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't go back to Jesus and say, hey, we don't have enough food. They did what he told them to. Uh -huh. He had authorized right. them. He gave them authority. He said, take this food, feed that multitude. And they were like, okay, well, we're just going to do what you told us to do. We're just going to believe that it's going to multiply. And mm. it did. They did what the Lord told them. He had authorized them to multiply the food. They handed it out. And there was enough to feed them. And there was you know, 12 baskets of, uh, of scraps left over. So I know a lot of people who have prayed over their food and have had it multiply. Uh, people have, I know people that have prayed over their propane tanks and not run out of propane gas for like eight months and they barbecue every night and they never run out of propane gas. I know people who pray over their gas tanks and their gas tank never runs out of gas. I know this woman who's, she's an intercessor, drives all over the country, praying and interceding and stuff. She prays over her gas tank all the time. I don't know when the last time was that she bought gas. She just prays over that tank. Come on. And God keeps that gas tank full for her because she's commissioned, she's authorized, and she knows her authority. And she just believes, she believes, she has confidence that God is going to work the miracles she needs to get done what she's going to do. Mm -hmm. If God authorizes you to do something and he gives you the authority in faith, if you do that, you will see miracles happen. Man, man. Okay, I want to ask a question about faith. It was something you talked about earlier when you, I believe you were in Australia and you were like, okay, I'm going to pray for this person. Then they're going to pray for this person, this person. Yep. Um, the, you were describing one of the guys who was like, ah, I'm going to pray, but nothing's going to happen. And then yep. something did happen. Right. So let's talk about that because obviously there was unbelief, but he, his actions showed that he was, he had the faith for it because he actually did he it. obeyed anyway. <laughs> right. So like, right. that's like, cause you know, you were saying, oh, like, was that just like a one-off? Like God was like, ha ha, this isn't. This situation is not about you, but I need to use you for this or whatever. Right. Uh, right. I, I'm mm -hmm. just curious what your thoughts are on that. It just like because we have the faith, you know, like obviously, like, no, I know this is going to happen. Okay. That's that's like one facet of faith. But then there's, I don't know about this, but I'm going to do it. And yep. that's like another facet. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yep. There's so there's two two aspects of that that we can address. Number one is 
obedience despite your unbelief. All right. Um, Gideon is there. a good example. Uh, Gideon was a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the angel called him a mighty man of valor. <laughs> and he was a chicken, you know, hiding out, hoping that he didn't get killed you know, by the enemy. Yeah. Gideon did not have a lot of faith, didn't have a lot of courage, didn't have a lot of, he was just kind of scared and weak and, and afraid. But God sent his messenger to Gideon to encourage him. And the angel gave Gideon things to do. Do this. Go down to the river. Do this. Go here. Do that. And even though Gideon was full of unbelief and fear, he did it anyway. And things worked out for him because God worked through his unbelief uh, because he wanted to teach Gideon, look, I'm able to make these things happen. Even if you don't have the faith for it, I can make it happen. Just be obedient, even if you have unbelief. And I and I, I know, you know quite a few people who've had situations, and I've had situations where I have prayed for people, and I thought to myself kind of inside, they're not going to get healed. Mm. <laughs> and next day I get an email testimony. Hey, thanks for praying for me. I got totally healed wow. <laughs> overnight. I'm like, well, all right. Thank you, Lord. There are there are some situations where it's not it's not 100 uh, percent dependent on our faith all the time. Sometimes God will work a sovereign miracle despite our unbelief and doubt. He will he will do that. And that was the case with my friend. He had unbelief and God wanted to show him, look, uh, I'm serious here. I'm going to work through you, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> And boom, the kid got healed. So, you know, God can sovereignly step in sure. and uh, re release power and wake us up and, and show us that that's how he teaches us. So the, the other aspect I want to talk about real quick is the gift of faith. Sometimes you'll be facing a situation that you normally would not have much confidence in. Let's say you've never seen a financial miracle and you're facing a financial crisis. And some of you, someone who's listening to this message is actually in that situation. Mm. You're facing a financial crisis and you don't have the faith for a financial miracle. And God is going to give you the gift of faith to make that financial miracle happen. So just believe the gift of faith is when God supernaturally gives you faith you didn't have five minutes ago. Mm. Uh, and I, I received a testimony from a woman who had a, a healing of this very... It was a very horrible condition that she had. And she'd been wrestling and dealing with this thing for years. And she was so angry and so upset. And she was, one day, she just said, all of a sudden, God quickened my spirit. Wow. And I was filled with this iron resolve and wow. confidence. I don't know where it came from. I've never felt this way. I spoke to this demon and I said, you demon, you are leaving me this day in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave, and boom, that demon left her, and her sickness was gone. Wow. God gave her a supernatural download of faith that she had never had before and has not had since. So the person out there who's facing a financial trouble, God is going to give you the gift of faith, and you're going to overcome this difficulty, and God's going to give you a financial breakthrough. Wow. That's so Amen. when when you're dealing with unbelief, just realize God can break through your unbelief and he can yeah. help you in a couple of different ways. Mm. So and then in regards to delayed healing, have you ever prayed for somebody and you're like, I guess they didn't get healed. And then like, well, like the, I think you just shared a story of like and then the next day they're like, I got healed. All um, right. I have an interesting story with that. Yeah. I got a testimony from a guy that I prayed for who he had a uh, frozen shoulder. His shoulder was messed up, limited range of motion, couldn't raise his arm. And he'd been really struggling with it for about six months. He emailed me. I prayed for him. There was no change. He, here's what he did. Every time he came into a situation where he could not raise his arm, he said, thank you, Lord, for my healing. And he did that the first day. And then the next day, when he got into a situation where he couldn't raise his arm and he thought about not being healed, he said, thank you, Lord, for my healing. And he did that the third day and the fourth day. He kept on doing that. Two weeks later, he was at a basketball game. 
and uh, there was a person down on the floor with one of those guns, and they shoot out T-shirts. Uh-huh. They launched a T-shirt in his direction. He reached up and grabbed the T-shirt, and his frozen shoulder was Come healed. On. Two weeks later. Amazing. But every day between then, he said, thank you, Lord, for my healing. He did not see his healing manifest, but he continued to thank God anyway. He had wow. an attitude of gratitude, and eventually that healing came. And wow. healing is has a lot to do with our attitude. Some people are good receivers of healing, and some people are not. And I actually cover that subject in, a, in my book, Divine Healing Made Simple. I have an entire chapter on being how to be a good receiver of healing because some people can receive healing very easily and some people are not able to receive healing mostly because of their mindset because of things that have happened to them during their life they doubt they're in fear they're they're always worried and concerned and that that creates an obstruction and they they're they're unable to receive the healing God wants to give them a lot of people think that I'm not healed because God doesn't want to heal me. Well, actually, he wants to heal everybody. But many people have a restriction, an obstruction, some kind of a blockage that they have in their life that is preventing them from being healed. I've seen mm. it in hundreds of people. So um, part of that is uh, having the right attitude. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I'll just leave it there. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that's great. Well, Dave, I um, unless there's anything else you have, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to even just pray for people. If you get any words of knowledge, by all means, I want to give you some time to do that if you want to. But if there's anything else you want to share before we jump into that, by all means. You can find my books, podcasts, articles on prayingmedic.com. That's my main website. Our ministry website is prayingmedic.org. Uh, if our messages bless you, you want to you know, throw us a couple of bucks on our Give, Send, Go page. It's give, send, go forward slash PM, praying medic. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to pray for people to be healed. Yeah, come on. All right, I'm going to do a little demonstration here. Okay. I've got my hand out here. See that hand? All right, I'm releasing power. Mm. And I'm not going to say anything. Because you don't have to say anything to release power. You just have to believe. Hmm. You believe that the power of God is going out of you. And I'm believing right now that the power of God is going out of me. And you viewers who are watching and listening, God is going to touch you with his power. He's going to bring healing. He's going to bring emotional healing and physical healing and deliverance. I command evil spirits to get out right now in the name of Jesus. I command cartilage. Ligaments, nerves, tendons, muscle, bone, be healed. I cast tumors out. I command brain tumors to be gone. I command broken bones to be healed. I command cartilage to be healed. Frozen rotator cuff, I command you to be healed. I command new cartilage in the shoulder joints, new cartilage in the knees, brand new meniscus. Anyone who has a blown out knee, bone on bone, that crunchy stuff, command your body to have brand new wow. cartilage. Command hip joints to be healed. I command spirits of arthritis to get out. I command pain to leave, inflammation to leave. I command your heart to be healed. Accessory pathways gone. I command AFib to be gone. I command your heart to beat with the rhythm of heaven. I command lungs to be healed. You have pulmonary fibrosis. I command your lungs to be made soft. If you have GERD, I command your intestines, colon, jejunum, stomach, esophagus, healed, esophageal varices, I command you to go. I command the pelvis to be healed, ovaries healed, I command bladder to be healed, ureter, kidneys healed, sickness, disease, and evil spirits get out. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> yeah. If you if you receive healing and you want to uh, send me a, a, a testimony, um, I'd love to hear your testimony. Just send it to admin at prayingmedic.com. That's my email address. You can go to my website, prayingmedic.com. 
hit the contact page and just send me an email. Uh, let me know about your healing testimony and I'll post it on my Telegram channel. And if you need healing, you know, jump on my Telegram channel. We post testimonies in there. We have a lot of prayer warriors on my Telegram channel who are praying for people to be healed 24 hours a day. There's people in there praying. So if you need healing, jump in there. Or if you want to send me a personal prayer request, just email me, admin at prayingmedic.com. I check my email every day and I usually get the prayer requests out. Awesome. Awesome. And maybe even, I, would this be an appropriate thing? I'm just basing this off of an earlier story. If someone, if there's multiple people in the household who are watching this and one person got healed, could they then turn around and start praying for everybody else in their household? That is the model that Jesus gave us. Yeah. If you get healed, you should immediately start praying for other people to be healed. That's right. That's right. Amen. Heck yeah. All right. So power and authority made simple is the book people can get that on amazon they can get it on at barnes and noble um yeah there it is right there uh all right dave this is great thank you so much man i feel fired up i'm super fired up awesome right now. now go out and get some people healed yeah man <laughs> let's do it all right so everybody have a blessed day tune in tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. We've got Cindy McGill back in the house, and that's going to be a great, great time. We love Cindy. So have a blessed day, you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. Over 7 million people in Uganda lack access to safe, clean water. But you are changing that statistic by providing access to clean water. But there is still a need. There are still many who don't have access to clean water. Would you continue to help bring clean water to the beautiful people of Uganda? Donate today online at ElijahStreams.com. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.